You know, most problems in healthcare are fixed already. Primary care is already cured on the fringes. Reversing burnout, physician shortages, bad business models, forced buyouts, factory medicine, high deductible insurance that squeezes the docs and is totally inaccessible to most of the employees. The big squeeze is always on for docs. It's the acceleration of cost and the deceleration of reimbursements. I want you to meet those on this show that are making a difference with host Ron Barshop, CEO of Beacon Clinics. That's me. This quarter will be remembered as a final nail in the coffin for independent fee-for-service, and I hope I'm wrong. The war on independence has been waged by Ivy League ivory tower policy wonks who are certain they're the smartest guys in the room, and they're delighted at the macro evaporation of a model they poo-poo at every turn. COVID-19 will rapidly accelerate their dream of an entire nation of corporatized factory medicine, capitation nation, elite geeks in control of pricing. Well, Spiked costs and spiked loss of revenue is the final straw for some of these scrappy independent PCPs and surgery centers squeezed literally to death. Groups will disintegrate, practices will be abandoned, docs and staffs rush to a big systems, and this is a sad thing. The last seven years equals all the past combined towards the disappearing of the independent, and 2020 will massively accelerate this horrible trend. And why is this horrible? Independent docs and surgeons lower costs by two to eight times to the system, to the overall population health. They're also less burned out, measurably so, and they produce therefore lower medical errors and have lower infection rates at the surgery centers by four to eight times. The future of these models is suddenly brighter than the sun. The model of value-based care is in its golden days now. You'll learn why today when we hear from our guest. They are a model citizen in value-based care. Their message today to their patient you'll hear is stay at home and stay safe. Great for capitation. Direct primary care is a second model and virtual primary care a third model that while we'll be losing members for a period, they will bounce very nicely because they offer 100% telehealth usage and frictionless doc access. We have a special co-host for the coming shows. You've heard the music change to be more upbeat. And I thought to talk about the current situation with an expert, happy to co-host for a while and let John add his two cents. John Dennis graduated from Harvard and then got his MBA from Rice Business School and after college was an officer in the U.S. Navy before going into investment banking in New York and then later Houston, Texas. After building an energy services company, he helped start up the merchant banking team at Coke Industries before starting his own investment banking firm where he's the managing director, Woodrock and Company. One of the smartest guys I know. Delighted to be here. Thank you. But as smart as John Dennis is our guest today, Dr. Gordon Chen, he's the chief medical officer for Chen Medical, a celebrated company you've probably heard about if you haven't been in a closet growing mushrooms the last 10 years. They have better access to quality primary care for the underserved population of the Medicare seniors. And their high adherence rates to drug treatment plans is off the charts. We'll talk about that today. They have lower hospitalization, lower readmission rates, improved LDL levels, and their A1C levels are dropping in diabetics, and they are reversing diabetes in their clinics with their model. They have one of the highest net promoter scores in primary care today and started their practice with the senior doctor, uh, Dr. Gordon Chin, more than 30 years ago. Today, they have 70 medical practices for seniors in Florida. 
Georgia, Illinois, Kentucky, Louisiana, Missouri, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, and Virginia, with plans for at least another seven locations that we'll hear about in a few minutes. Gordon, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Ron. Thank you. Uh, so, Gordon, um, we've had as a previous guest a couple of shows, Chris Crow with Stratify and Catalyst in Dallas. They have over a million patients in their population, a different population than Chen Medical, but they are using a really cool trick up their sleeve that is allowing them with PillPack to take a picture of the barcode and make sure that they're taking their AM and their PM meds on schedule. The, they now know when they're adhering to their meds, obviously, and their numbers are dramatically higher than the low teens that we're seeing with uh, national studies. Um, do you have some kind of uh, trick up your sleeve like that? Sure. Some of our medical centers have their own, but let's say 80% of the medications that chronic patients, or patients with chronic disease rather, would typically be on, we have on site. And our PCPs have the ability to order the medication right from the exam room, and then it gets delivered right to the door so before they finish the visit, the PCP can actually hand the medication directly to the patient. Now, what happens is you remove that additional step for the patient to have to get a prescription, go to the pharmacy, pick it up, make sure that they pay whatever needs to be done then, and then go back and make sure they're taking it the right way. When the physician can directly give the, the medication to the patient right then and there, it simplifies things tremendously, and it creates more bonding between the patient and the physician. All right, so uh, Gordon, very exciting. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, your LDL levels are dropping, your A1C levels are dropping. Do you ever see that the Chen medical model will help actually reverse diabetes, reverse hypertension? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's so much that can be done with great health coaching. I'll give you an example. We had a patient that was on 100 units of insulin, and we teach our physicians to coach for health. And that doesn't mean just titrating the, uh, the insulin levels up and down uh, to reach the glucose levels that we would like. We coached her through lifestyle uh, interventions and through frequent visits to actually get completely off of insulin, right? She lost over 100 pounds, got off insulin, and that happened by having a dedicated PCP that had a mindset of coaching their patient to better health, which was unbelievable. We see this, you know, time and time again throughout our organization, um, uh, all over, you know, the map. Our PCPs are able to get patients off of medications and get them to a higher state of health wherever they are. Gordon, how 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 and when did you start ChenMed, and what was the what was the initial catalyst? And then the investment banker in me always wonders, how did you start it financially? with partners, with bank financing, or just out of your own pocket? So ChenMed was started over 30 years ago by my parents. My father is an internist. My mother ran the shop. And we had one medical center in Miami Gardens. We were full risk since 1992. And then we developed an expertise around managing complex chronic diseases and managing it in a full risk environment. In 2003, the practice was very successful, doing well, and my father had a, essentially a near-death experience. He was diagnosed with cancer, was told that he had two months to live, and he had a golf ball-sized mass behind his nose, causing some numbness on his lip. 
the whole family kind of bonded together. My brother was in cardiology fellowship. I was finishing medical school and we came together and we helped my dad fight through the cancer. And the diagnosis ended up being wrong. It ended up being a curable cancer. And through that, we suffered. My goodness, we suffered as a family. We experienced all of the pitfalls of not only having poor health, but having a broken healthcare system, right? Doctors not talking to each other, you know, misdiagnosis, complications, whatnot. And it gave us an opportunity to take all of our knowledge or all of my parents' knowledge and managing one full risk practice and gave us this fire in the belly to scale out the, the model that we had. And we knew it was, uh, it was delivering better health for our patients. Gave us this, this burning desire to scale out something better that you know, seniors all over the country would be able to benefit from. And uh, we were able to actually then take our earnings from that one center and go from one center to two, two to three, before we knew it, we had six centers in South Florida. Our outcomes were so impressive and our patient satisfaction rates were through the roof. We were growing. And so our health plan partners wanted to see if we could take this outside of South Florida. And so back in 2011, we partnered with Humana to develop a, a company called GenCare, which is a subsidiary of ChenMed. And we grew the model in Virginia. We went to a pure fee-for-service environment and grew successfully. We're able to improve outcomes just like we did in South Florida with great patient satisfaction. Then we continued to grow, you know, to, to Illinois, to Georgia, Louisiana, Kentucky, and, uh, and we've continued to grow from there. GenCare has been very successful. Uh, that's allowed us to refocus and say, hey, where do, where do we want to grow now? And so at this point in time, uh, we are privately held. We're uh, generating earnings that allow us to grow from our earnings. And we continue to look for communities that, you know, have a great need for primary care and have seniors that are falling through the cracks that we can help catch them. There's a lot of uh, practices in Houston, for example, that will not take Medicare patients. They just uh, say, thank you very much. We'll move on. Um, that you found a model that works. I would imagine there's not a lot of communities you can't expand into, is there? We are looking really all over the map to see which communities would be best fit for us. Um, Houston certainly is on the list, and we're anticipating going to Houston in 2021, in early 2021, that is. I think that you do need a certain amount of infrastructure to support a full-risk model like this. You need payer partners that are experienced in supporting full-risk providers. And I, I think you do need a certain amount of, you know, obviously seniors and, and the density that would support, um, you know, one of our medical centers. A medical center of ours can support two to 3,000 seniors. We would like to have seniors within a five to 10 mile radius of the medical center. So it's gotta be not very dense, but dense enough to fill up a center with two to 3,000 seniors. So I'm just doing the math on 2,000 divided by 400. You're gonna have five providers. Does that look like a, maybe a internist and maybe an NP and a couple of PAs? Or what does is, what is your support team look like in Houston when you launch here? Yeah, most of our care teams are led by a physician 
and the physician is expected, you know, to hold a panel of 400 to 450. So if we have two to 3,000 patients per medical center, that would be, you know, anywhere from five to eight physicians in that practice. Now, they would be supported by a care team, which is a care promoter, typically a medical assistant or an LPN, and a care facilitator and a care coordinator, which are more administrative staff. Uh, each medical center also has case management. Some will have social workers as, as well. And then we'll have transitional care teams that help to support, you know, grouping of centers that will go into the hospitals and help help to make sure that the transitions are smooth and that we can get patients discharged and home as um, as quickly and efficiently as possible in a safe and healthy way. When you are checking somebody into a hospital, I'm going to assume that your primary care provider is going to be in touch with the admissions and make sure that their care plan is explained to the admissions so that they actually have a quarterback and they're not just literally being handed off into the uh, wild. That's right. You know, one of the wonderful things about our model is because of the small patient panel sizes, wherever the patient is, whether or not it's in a specialty office or in the hospital or in the ER, they have a quarterback for their care. And that's their primary care doctor. Our primary care doctors will give out their cell phone numbers to patients and say, and me, call me anytime that you need. They'll say it and they'll need it. And uh, with our patients, we have secure texting applications as well. And so their PCP is literally a phone call away, a text away. Um, there is as much accessibility as you could ever want for anyone in your your own family. And that's what we provide for our patients. And so what happens is if they're in the hospital, we expect our physicians not only to be in direct contact with the patients, but to be co-managing the patient with the hospitalist team, you know, or if they're in the ICU with the, with the intensivist team, if they're, you know, getting managed by a cardiologist or another specialist, that PCP should be involved as well. So we really want that uh, continuous connection point and that the advocacy for the patient continues wherever they are and whatever situation they are. So Gordon, I, I have to ask you, in the last couple of weeks when the world has been asked to social distance and ultimately to stay at home, have your the cell phone and text access that you all have provided to your seniors, has that become telemedicine and teleconferencing with their, with their doctors, their providers? John, that's a great question. And in the world of COVID today, we need to be agile and we need to be connected with our patients. So our core ChenMed model is based upon frequent face-to-face -face encounters so that the relationships can develop and you can earn the patient's trust, and you can get them to change their behaviors. What we were able to do because of our technologic platform that we had and the strong relationships that we've had with patients, we're able to pivot literally within seven days, almost 90% of our visits were converted to telehealth. That means instead of coming in for their regular appointments, we've converted them to telehealth. And the response from patients was tremendous. They appreciated continuing to be able to access their PCP and get medical advice and direction, but without putting themselves at risk by coming into a medical facility uh, unless they really needed to. So we converted 90% of the routine visits 
to telehealth, then we proceeded to make sure that we were connecting with our patients to educate them. Because I firmly believe, even now, that prevention is the best medicine for preventing unnecessary deaths with coronavirus. And so what we did, we had texting to our patients, group texting, blast texting, educating them on what to expect, how they can prepare themselves, protect themselves, what social distancing means. Uh, we had our PCPs and the, the medical centers also text their patients. Uh, but then we did something additional to that. We had each of our PCPs with their care teams call each of their patients with what we have termed love calls. Uh, these are not waiting for the patients to call us. We were, were calling them and checking up on them. Do you have enough food? Do you have enough medications to get you through? Can we deliver medications for you? Uh, what can we do to meet your health needs so that during this dangerous time period of coronavirus, that we are encouraging them and helping them to stay healthy, happy, and at home. You know, what's incredible right now is if patients go to the emergency room, if they don't have coronavirus, by the time they leave the hospital, the chances of them picking up coronavirus in the hospital are quite high. We've already had a few nosocomial infections from patients that get admitted to the hospital uh, without coronavirus and then leave with coronavirus. So we want to make sure that we're protecting our patients from that unnecessary exposure. So Gordon, this is my favorite part of the interview because I get to involve you and John. John Dennis is on the emergency response team for Houston. He's going down to meetings to what is the messaging we need to get out to the population here in Medical City USA? And you and I spoke previously, and I was asking if your patients were to ask, should I go pick up my favorite barbecue? Is that a safe zone? And you said, that's like going into a radioactive zone. And you started describing, can you, can you describe on the ground what your patients should be avoiding, you know, driving up to a McDonald's window or going to the grocery store? Just what are you telling your 65 pluses to do? and this escalating, and we're, we're in the first week of April, so escalation is the magic number. We're seeing a lot of, you know, the curve is getting very steep right now. What is your on-the-ground practical advice? And I wanna hear what John has to say about that. We've simplified it for patients, and we say stay safe, S-A-F-E. S stands for social distancing, try not to interact with anyone within six feet, and that includes grandchildren, kids, other loved ones, um, just keeping no closer than six feet, keeping that distance between folks, um, not shaking hands is really important. And that's what we mean by social distancing, staying at home as much as possible and avoiding unnecessarily going outside. Uh, a is avoid touching your nose and, and your face. I think that's very important because that's how the, the virus gets into our system is generally through our mouth, our nose, uh, or our eyes. F is for frequently washing your hands for at least 20 seconds. That's really important. It should be with soap and water uh, for 20 seconds. And what we'll see is coronavirus can get absorbed by uh, soapy water. And so that's a great way to protect uh, our patients. And lastly, E is just engaging with your doctor frequently. Um, our doctors have texting and, and calling with their patients uh, you know, uh, and so their doctors are very accessible. So we remind them to stay safe. And that's what we mean by that. You must have an opinion about 
social distancing and staying at home making a substantial difference to flatten the curve. I, but I really would appreciate your thoughts and perspectives for the benefit of our audience, because there are some folks that are still having a hard time accepting what it really means. It's important to realize that coronavirus is preventable. If we socially distance ourselves, if we wash our hands, and if we remove any unnecessary travel, we can prevent the virus from spreading. Now, our patients are seniors, typically between the ages of 70 and 75, uh, many that have chronic conditions, and that puts them at extremely high risk of even death with the infection. And so we want to do everything we can to prevent unnecessary contact with someone else that can have the virus or even with different um, surfaces or different locations or different environments that may uh, put them at risk for getting the virus. Gordon, what do you say to people taking a departure from this discussion of if everybody was Gordon Chen, we would have 400 patients times, you know, not enough doctors and we would be in a population health disaster. We would be leaving everybody without enough doctors to take care of the universe. What do you say to that kind of criticism? I think that's a great question. Well, first of all, remember our 400 to 450 patients are not your average age Americans. They're seniors with multiple chronic conditions. And we all know that the majority of our healthcare costs and healthcare burden lies with our seniors. So if we are stacking our primary care talent with the population that needs the most help in not only managing their conditions, uh, but also driving up the majority of the healthcare costs in America, that's a good place to, um, to put our primary care talent. What I would love is I would love to get to a point where primary care becomes a destination for talented physicians across the board, and maybe we don't need as many specialists. Maybe we have more uh, people that would have gone into special care going into primary care uh, because it, it can be more attractive. How do we get primary care to the point where it's able to compete for that level of talent? I think we need to pay our primary care uh, physicians more. And um, with the amount of, of impact that they can have through building great relationships, through prevention, through lowering total cost of, uh, of care, I think we should be paying our primary care physicians like we do our specialists. Now, my background is in internal medicine and cardiology. I would love to see primary care physicians making as much as cardiologists, and maybe folks that would have gone into cardiology think twice and they say, hey, what about a beautiful career in primary care? I think if we're able to do that and create more interest in primary care, I think we'll be able to have plenty of physicians to meet the needs of our most vulnerable patients first. And then also, I think through telehealth, telemedicine exploding, I think the majority of working class Americans uh, should be able to access great care through telehealth. And the ones that need more care and need that high touch, dedicated model, I think we'll have plenty of physicians if we can figure out how to create more balance between specialty care and primary care. One of the greatest challenges in, at, at the current moment in time on April 1st is simply people being able to pay their bills on time. Are you concerned at all about your seniors being able to make their payments to you? 
So I'm very concerned about what is happening with coronavirus and the financial impact that it's having uh, on our patients, on our communities, on our unemployment rate. It is very serious. We're very fortunate at ChenMed that we don't charge our patients anything. They don't pay a premium. They don't, uh, you know, they, they don't pay us when they see us because most of the Medicare Advantage plans that our patients are on have a $0 copay for PCP visits and have $0 premiums. So Medicare Advantage becomes high, uh, very affordable for patients, particularly uh, when they're economic crisis like there are today. Um, so we're fortunate that we are able to serve to serve patients um, that can't otherwise afford it, um, but they have Medicare, they have Medicare benefits, and they can choose a Medicare Advantage plan that meets their financial needs. And we take most Medicare Advantage plans in our practices, and so we'll be able to stay accessible to the majority of patients out there. Gordon, how will people find you if they want to reach you and apply for a job when you come to Houston and the other market? And do you want to mention the other markets you're going to so you can be uh, collecting resumes there? Sure. Yeah. So we are opening in Cincinnati, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio, Memphis, Tennessee, St. Louis, Missouri, and Orlando, Florida. We'll be opening early next year in Houston, Texas, which we're very excited about. Um, any physician or any clinician that would like uh, to learn more about a career at ChenMed, come visit our website, www.chenmed.com. Uh, we have an email, clinicalcareers at chenmed.com. That's clinicalcareers at chenmed.com. And uh, through either the email or a website, uh, we also have a specific website for physicians. So that's www.chenmed.com. Uh, dot com forward slash physicians. Are we talking about internal medicine? Are we talking about family practice? You're looking for, what are you looking for? I know not pediatricians, but what are we looking for in this, these resumes? We're looking for great physicians that can care for seniors. So that would be internal medicine, physicians, geriatricians, family medicine physicians as well. Um, great nurse practitioners that also have a focus in geriatric medicine. Um, we're, we're looking for uh, any of those type of clinicians. I always like to ask a stumper at the end, and if you've heard my show before, everybody knows this, but if you could find a banner over America for all Americans to read, what would you put on that banner? Okay. So at this point in time for COVID, in the, in the world of COVID, I would fly a banner uh, across America saying, stay safe and stay home. Stay at home. All right. And S-A-F-E. We're going to remember that. Gordon, this has just been a delight. And uh, there's a whole lot more to talk about we'll do in future shows. Uh, if you don't call John Dennis and I, we will hunt you down when you come to Houston and you will be in big trouble with us. So we want to be there at your grand opening <laughs> celebrating with you. Okay. I would love to see you guys when we go to Houston and uh, connect more frequently. Thanks so much. Well, again, Gordon, really a joy to have you, and we'll look forward to our next visit uh, as soon as we get through this and um, can do this in person. It'd be very lovely. Thank you for your time. Thank and you, thank you John Dennis. Yeah, thank you, Ron. Thank you, John. God bless you guys, and may God bless America.
Thank you for listening. You want to shake things up? There's two things you can do for us. One, go to primarycarecures.com for show notes and links to our guests. And number two, help us spotlight what's working in primary care by listening on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribing and leave us a review. It helps our megaphone more than you know. Until next episode.